0: Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we get to talk to an old friend of mine who I met in college. Um, Pam, well, it was Pam's Speed now, right?
1: Yeah, Pam I'm still not B. used
0: to calling you that. Pam and I went to University of the Pacific together. Pam's two years below me. Yep, I think two yep. years, um, and we're both stage managers. So, how? Let's start with Pam. How did you get into theater, and how did you become a stage manager?
1: Uh, so I started in theater in high school. And I, you know, did all my high school shows as a as a costume designer a lot of the time, and a costume manager, as well as um, did a little stage managing and you know spot operating all the things.
0: Like ev- everything you can do, yeah, as exactly. you do in high school.
1: You yeah. know, tech people are hard to find in a high school. And uh, when I went to college, I actually came in as a, a costume design focus, and. Hmm. Uh, decided after first semester that I didn't want to be a stitcher for 20 years before I got to design anything. And I I was, you know, trying to figure out how I could, you know, be involved in all aspects of the production and someone suggested stage management. It may have been you, Cindy. <laughs> <actually.
0: laughs> I'm usually one of the Sucker. first things I <laughs> yeah.
1: What about stage management? And I was like, Oh, sure. Okay. And I, uh, so I ASM my first show, uh, which I believe was, um, Oh gosh. Now I don't remember, but, uh, <laughs> I ASM my first show, uh, it was a new work do you remember what it was it was uh like
0: was it the with the turntables Heart, and the black box
1: heart's desire oh uh,
0: that's a good that's one a good i one, was basically. just telling someone about that set design the other day
1: it's a cool set yeah and, yeah uh, uh, i ascended that and from there i was totally bitten with the stage management bug and wanted to make it my choice in my career Um, And I got to, you know, ASM for you a bunch while we were in school. And I got when you graduated, I got to stage manage. um, (laughs) She she stopped hogging
0: all of the shows. Good job, Cindy. Uh,
1: Well, she was two years ahead of me. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, graduated and and moved on to do some, uh, you know, summer stock work. And now I'm working with some of the regional theaters in Seattle
2: i
0: well, am no, we're you... going to continue on that soon but <laughs> yes okay i want to jump over to mike because mike you don't have a degree in theater right you got a degree in engineering i think pam said so right. like what how how did you get from there to like performer and then now you're not a performer and you're back to a what you guys call a muggle job but what was kind of your journey through life yeah, uh... up to this point <laughs> I...
2: yeah exactly the way i i think about it is I've kind of always been someone with far too many interests. Um, and so I, I had my hands in a lot of different things and, you know, did, did theater in high school, um, but was really into music and math and science and, and all sorts of other things. Um, and did theater and really enjoyed it, but kind of had convinced myself that that wasn't a career that I wanted. Um, so went to, went to school for engineering. Um and was still uh singing and doing some other things I was in choir and around my junior year uh some of my friends in in choir with me were who were in the theater department were putting on a a review and and needed some extra guys um and so I'm as we to- always do right. <laughs> so true, true. To- audition for that mm-hmm. um so i did and and did that um and did like um next 10 minutes from the last five years and something from Godspell and a couple other random things in this review and just completely like realized how much I had missed that in my life for the last mm-hmm. uh, three years. Um, and so then my senior year of college, um, I was still finishing up my uh, engineering degree, um, but it was a small enough theater department that I was able to do a show. So I did Godspell um, my senior year of college uh, and just had an incredible time. Um, yeah. I kind of realized I needed theater to be a part of my life um, but I still had my engineering degree and so I did some other stuff after college um, and and wound up back uh, in my hometown of Olympia Washington and uh, got back into some theater and had some friends who were who just said hey have you ever auditioned at village theater um, I said, no I haven't I uh, hadn't even heard of it uh, and I decided at that point that I really needed to give theater uh, my all for a little bit, um, and and figure out if it was really something that I wanted to to continue to pursue. Because I was I was loving doing it, but I'd never done a professional show. I'd never, you know, done a run more than a few weeks. Um, so auditioned and and got a show at Village, which is where Pam and I met, um, and I was in Anna Green Gables, a new musical. New musical version of *Anne of Green Gables and uh, loved it and just decided that as long as I was loving what I was doing and making enough money and, uh,
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, feeling,
2: feeling fulfilled and, and, and enjoying it, I was going to keep doing it. And that was, that was seven years ago. Um, so, What
0: part uh, did you, what part did you play in Godspell? Were you, were you like <laughs> Jesus or Judas or one of the other mini characters that doesn't really have a exact sure, name
2: yeah. uh, I was Jesus nice um, yeah and that's actually I played it again a couple of years ago and that's the only that's the only show I've ever been in twice and it's the only role I've, I I did the same role both times it was, <laughs> it was meant you to just be just must fit you yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it's funny
0: that you're getting the engineering degree but they cast you as like the lead in the musical it's not like here play a bit part so that you can continue <laughs> you know doing your classes you're like no let's just let's just go all in
2: to go for it yeah all or nothing
0: yeah you if you're well gonna be try. good at it might as well throw them in the top <laughs> yeah. uh, so how was it when you guys met because it's i feel like it's so taboo so often to like like stage managers you just don't date actors i mean i, I don't right. date anyone in the <laughs> theater world like, i was like when i was starting to date i was like i'm going outside of the theater world i don't need anybody in theater that i'm married to
1: yeah I mean, we, it was uh, very unexpected for both of us, I think. Uh, Because, yeah, you're always, you know, told find someone outside the theater. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. That'll help you maybe feel more stable. (laughs) But, uh, no, we, yeah, we met doing Andrew and Gables. I was the ASM on that show, so I was backstage. Um, And we just clicked right away and had some fun adventures together. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Really enjoyed working together and, and, and doing, you know, being around each other every day. So, as they say, the rest is history. But, uh, <laughs> we,
0: so that was a good sign. Like, if you're yeah. with someone like 12 hours a day, anyways, you're like, well, you know, what's right. the next step?
2: Yeah. I, I only missed one entrance. It's fine.
0: <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> now, was she the reason
1: you missed that entrance? Absolutely, I was. <laughs> 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 I was. But not by my fault. He was staring across the deck backstage. To me on the other side of the stage. <laughs> and
2: all of a sudden realized my music had passed and I was like, mm-hmm.
1: Oh man. And our stage major and goes, Where's Mike? I'm like, I don't he's right here. I don't know why I misses him. <laughs> 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 and he told me and I, I kinda could tell that he had been staring across and like not paying you, attention. You know. <laughs> but you know, I told her later, I was like, Yeah, he was at
0: me. Way to be distracting. Good job, ASM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actors so awesome. easily distracted.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really the problem, right? Right. But <laughs> well, we got we got to work together. We didn't work together again until after we were married. After that show, um, and we, after we were married, we actually got to do it was nine or ten months straight of work together. We did two back to back contracts. that so was about ten months long. Um, wow we say yeah, there. One of which was a big uh, a main stage show, and then one was a uh, local children's tour here that goes around to the schools um, with a different theater. And uh, but we we really enjoy working together. We've learned yeah. and we have a blast. And the you know the more we get to hang out, the better, in our opinion. <laughs> so it's that's it's pretty nice cool. On the same schedule because yeah. we all know you know once when you're in theater, you could be working on completely different shows in completely different cities even. And we've mm-hmm. been very lucky we've gotten to do some work together, which has been really
0: cool. So. And you guys are still up in Washington area, right?
1: Yeah, we're just outside of Seattle um, mm-hmm. for our, our home base here. And we work kind of in that area.
0: I hear there's a lot of pretty good theaters outside of the, around the Seattle area. I my, yeah, Two know. of my college roommates grew up in Redford, Seattle, or no, Redford, Washington, right outside of Seattle. Redmond, maybe? Redmond, Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, Seattle's got a really nice, vibrant theater scene. There's there's work, and it's it's really nice. You can, you can make a little bit of a career out of it out of here, which is pretty awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've been, we've been very lucky with what we've gotten, but also yeah, it's 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 a really awesome scene.
2: Yeah, I didn't really realize until I until I first moved up to the area. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in Olympia, which is like sixty miles south. Um, so I came up to Seattle sometimes, and we saw some theater and whatever, but. I didn't really realize till I till I got that first show and came up here, just kind of the actual breadth of opportunity. Um, and there's like the large theaters and then there's a lot of other things that you can kind of piece together work with uh, as well. And, um, it was really cool to, to find that out. Yeah.
0: So great you both have your equity cards? Yes. We do. So how did you get that? Did you get it through the Village Theater? Did you go through the EMC points or were you offered a contract?
1: Um, I... I worked my way up at Village. I started as a PA and a crew member before we had an IOTC crew, and now we have, you know, they have enough full IOTC crew and everything. Um, but I uh, worked my way up from PA crew member to Equity ASM to Stage Manager. Um, and I, wow. uh So I was being offered Equity ASM contracts, and I deferred for a little while because I wanted to still work at some of the smaller theaters that didn't have Equity contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I ended up one of the shows that I was offered a contract. I ended up going off that contract. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, uh, about a little over two years ago that I finally joined just because I was finally getting steady equity work and didn't need to do the, the non-equity, um, the non-equity smaller shows anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's, I got mine through, through a show and I didn't I never did the EMC program because I would have hit my weeks long before I wanted to join uh, yeah
0: I looked into it often but I never actually did it and then I just got my card and I was like okay well that was much easier than it would have yeah. been if I had to get weeks yeah, wait, wait, wait. I don't sure. I, I, I don't agree. know what you guys are talking about what EMC program uh, I, I don't I'm not equity at
1: all because I'm yeah, a technical director a, equity membership candidate is what it is program um, and you can, you know, work at be not equity, but working at theaters that have, uh, equity, you know, members working there and you can gain your points that way. Um, theaters that are members of this program. Um, and then once you hit your points, you can decide to join. Um, oh, that's pretty points. cool. Sorry. You decide to join. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a cool program. A lot of actors use it. I know and more. more yeah. Dave Sanders.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard it go both ways. I feel like, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like it's mixed kind of half and half Mm -hmm. those people who kind of like worked their way and got enough weeks or those people who just were offered an equity contract and took it. So there are multiple ways to join the union.
1: I mean, I can't, I can't speak too much about the program since I didn't go through the, (laughs) you know, I definitely just took a contract, which was really nice. Like you said, really, really nice
2: to do. Yeah. I didn't go through EMC either. um, But I feel like if I had just been working um, at a place like Village or with, with larger shows where I hadn't been offered contracts, I might have looked at doing that, um, but I started working also at the Seattle Children's Theater, um, which has a lot smaller shows, and so generally everyone's on equity contract regardless of your of your status, and so I did a few of those before um, before joining. I reached a point where uh, you know we were starting, we were getting married, and maybe starting a family and whatever. And I was like, I, I should join because I can't afford to work at non-equity rate. So, right, I might as well force the hand of any theater that wants to, uh, want to offer me work.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And it's cost with- me some work, probably uh, the actual volume of work. But when I am working, I'm getting paid. what I need to get paid.
0: And I have the most know, random you... people walk into my apartment. Um, <laughs> how was it when you guys decided to decided to have kids? Like, was it a discussion that you had early on in the relationship? Was it something that you're like, if it happens, it happens? Because I have a friend that that just got married last year, and they're like, well, we kind of want kids, but we don't have to have kids, and if it happens, then we'll you know figure it out when we get there. But what? not to get too personal, but in the theater world, it's not something that you see very often. And especially two people who are, uh, perform together, you know, to, to decide to raise a family. So what was that like and how has it been challenging for you?
1: Well, we always knew that we wanted kids. Um, that's was definitely a discussion from kind of the start of our relationship. I've always wanted, I somehow knew I was going to be a mom always, you know, and, and the, it's, uh, something that we definitely, you know, had to think about the timing a little bit as best you can, right? You can't really super, <laughs> totally.
0: I'm going to get pregnant yeah. today, so in exactly nine yeah. months I pop out a kid.
1: We ended up, it ended up working out really well. Uh, I, uh, worked, um, two shows while I was pregnant, uh, with our daughter, and we closed. Uh, she was due nine days after my final show closed. <laughs> and, uh, and she was born four days after my final show closed. And wow, I she pity. was pretty on time. Yeah, I did not miss a day of the show on either show, um, which was pretty, pretty crazy. I, uh, I actually announced my pregnancy uh, the week after we opened my first show that year and then uh, yeah, had, had a week off in the middle and went right back to it. (laughs) So, uh, I worked my whole pregnancy and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was not always easy. Um, I had days that my poor crew backstage were like, Pam, go sit down. (laughs) Like, we don't need you right now. It's fine. No, we can watch this transition ourselves. Go sit down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, in this relationship, at least I'm not the performer. I'm the person who I could work in that long. There is no like, you know, sorry, you're showing on stage. You have to give up, you know, the show. Right.
0: Like that. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I
2: started showing. But <laughs> <laughs> Sympathy paints.
1: <laughs> uh, but, you know, and it's it's been um, it's been challenging. You know, I've I've had contracts pretty much right away after I had her, I went back four months, no, three months later, yeah. um, three months after I had her. And it's kind of an ongoing puzzle, you know, there's no such thing as daycare at night. I mean, there is, but it's called nanny or babysitter. Like you don't get to just drop your kid at daycare, like you can for a, you know, nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a wonderful support system. My parents are nearby, his parents are still in Olympia. Um, so they've, you know, taken her, you know, his tech parents, yeah, yeah, my parents, too, they would take her for, like, all of Tech Week for a week. <laughs> to like
0: Nice. nice. Yeah, that's impressive.
1: So that we can sleep, you know, because that's the thing that's not exactly common when you're parenting either. is sleep. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or Tech Week. They go or hand in hand. Week.
1: So, you know, both of those things are yeah. not, you know, good sleep, good for your sleep. Uh, so we've been very lucky and we, you know, have had some friends, mostly actually actor friends who are between gigs you know, as her nanny when, when we need it. And, uh, um, you know, we're very lucky with our support system, but it's, it's not easy. And it's, you know, you have to kind of take it month by month with childcare and, and everything else. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a puzzle that we have
2: committed to, I guess. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's never, it's never easy, but we just kind of, you know, cobbled together as many different options for different times and, Every few, every couple of months, our schedules change and we figure it out anew, but we kind of have our progression of who we, you know, we've got grandma, we've got our other nannies. We've got, uh, we found a couple of, um, like drop in, uh, hourly daycares that, that are open late, late on some nights that we've used, especially when we're on a show together, we use that when you just kind of, just kind of, you know, committed to figuring it out and every few months we have to figure it out anew, but you know, just... Yeah. Part, of the, part
1: of the drill, yeah. Well, we both really, we, you know, when we talked about having kids, since you you know, mention that part of it, we both, you know, sat down, talked, and made a commitment to make sure that neither of us had to give up our dreams, and neither mm. of us had to give up on our goals, and that was really important to us. So we committed as a couple to this life and to the craziness that ensues, and because of that, it's a little less stressful because we know that, like, we're doing this because this is what we love and this is what we want to do. And we, we made that commitment to each other that neither of us would have to just completely give up and stay at home or give up and, um, you know, take a different job that they didn't want or mm-hmm. that they were miserable in so that they, you know, that you can make it, we can make it work. We, um,
2: you we know, kind of, we kind of take turns being the primary one dealing with her as our schedule shift. And, you know, early on we made a week of, or uh, made a rule of, when someone's in tech week they don't get up with the baby at night
0: <laughs>
1: that's an excellent <laughs> that rule because uh-huh. yeah, we were actually kind of checking opposite schedules uh for for the first year for life we were kind of opposite tech schedules. Yeah. so uh that was that worked really well whoever was in tech did not have to get up with her during the night you know
2: yeah. in, in different theaters where we've worked at our, have helped us in different ways. Um, I was doing a show at Seattle Children's Theater when she was about five months old. Mm-hmm. And um, a number of times I, I brought her to the theater and had someone watching her backstage just because we couldn't arrange something elsewhere and it was easier for, to do that. And the mm-hmm. theater, you know, had a room that we could be in.
1: You got um, to use her as a prop during understudy rehearsal. I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, was not even a stand-in.
1: You just that. said prop.
2: Like, how yes. did you leave? I was doing yeah. a show a little bit later um, that year um, when she was probably eight or nine months old, and it was a five-person show. I was the only external understudy. There was one other understudy as well, internal, um, and we both had um, like eight to ten-month-old kids. Yeah. For,
1: um, for and so there was
2: one day that neither of us, all of our childcare options fell through. Um, weirdly, we both on the same day, so we're both there with our babies, and essentially, you know, instead of picking up a prop or a broom or whatever it is, like we just carry the baby around and kind of mine it with the baby. And
1: uh, there's some great pictures. It was, that kind, of a,
2: it was kind of amazing. Uh, that um, is
0: excellent.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know you figure it out, and you appreciate when people are flexible, and theaters mm-hmm. are flexible, and uh um, yeah, i had yeah. a
1: we had a couple of times where she would have to come and do all my 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 uh show prep with me for the day like i'd get the, to the theater early and you know sign in sheets all that all that stuff and uh she'd have to be there with me getting ready for the show and like at half hour he'd come get her
2: um, because of my schedule, of his schedule.
1: so yeah. i have some fun pictures of her like wearing my headset and <laughs> her, you know She's like, and she's because we take her everywhere. She's a really adaptable kid already at age two. Like, she's a really, you know, just chill kid for the most part. And we're really grateful and we're excited to have her when she gets a little older just be in the green room and be hanging out in the booth with me and um, really getting to just immerse herself in the cool kind of cool life we have like I think we have a cool life (laughs) so
0: yeah it's um, very different it's not like dad's going to work today he's going to sit in the same office every day for the next eight hours
1: yeah it's a different life and we're I mean maybe she'll dislike us for it later on who knows but uh for right now we like she likes to be around people and we, we we enjoy having her around too when we have her around at work and stuff so
0: That is so cool. Yeah, my uh, boss at the Norris, uh, I worked with him for nine and a half years. So I watched his kids grow up. When I first started, his uh, daughter was just learning to walk. And now she's running around with like a skirt and a purse. And I'm not sure what to do about that. Um, But yeah, he'd bring her in and be like, everyone's busy sit up here and make sure she doesn't cause problems and I'm like great uh here are some sharpies and pens don't don't uh, cause any
1: real big problems <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's a like, whiteboard you know, those are great I've experienced you know other people's kids being around during shows because they have to figure you know, same thing they had to figure out childcare, or they couldn't figure it out one night and I've got their their they ask if you know their 10 year old can come sit in the booth and I'm like yeah sure you know <laughs> We yep. all have to do what we can to help each other out and to to make this work for us yeah. as a community because we, you know, deserve to be able to be parents and have that part of life if we want it. And in this industry is not easy, and it's 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 not easy work, and we have to support each other through that. It's really important to me that that's yeah. part of life.
2: Stats, I agree. That's so cool. We did together. Uh, Newsies was was the tricky one because we got the show or Pam Pam knew she had the show and then I ended up getting it. And I was like, awesome, we get to work together. And I was like, oh wait, we have to figure out a lot of childcare now. <laughs> uh, and then we're both we started, busy during tech and then, week. <laughs> and then we found out the cast list and like two of our friend nannies were also in the show. Uh, <laughs> like, oh guys, come on, please. Oh, okay, well, we mm-hmm. will figure it out. Uh, lots of grandma time lots of grandma time and And grandpa time figured out some other Mm new new nannies and such but uh, yeah
0: but that's cool that you guys as parents are close by and are willing to like watch the kid and hang out and like mike you said your family is like 60 miles away like that's not like a five minute drive that's like a committed one hour or so drive to get there to take care of a kid
2: yeah Yeah. um and during newsies in particular they about once a month would take her for for like five, di- five days yeah. at a time. Um, wow. And just to give us a chance to kind of catch up on- Sleep. Sleep. sleep, <laughs> and, You know, finances and laundry and like, just catch up on things.
1: See yeah. each other outside of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and,
2: and maybe get in a, a date or something.
1: Because as much as working <laughs> together is amazing, we it's not what I'd call quality time together as a couple, <laughs> but- I'm also because i I mean, I'm in the booth. I don't. Right. I think
2: Especially I, with the, the stage manager. Yeah, actor I think
1: I saw other actors in the show more often than I saw him when we were at work. In fact, I know I saw our Jack, the guy who played our Jack, more often than I saw you right. at
0: work. I'm sure <laughs> so other designers you probably saw more often, or other production yeah. team members. I hung out with
1: my. I hung out with my ASMs more than I hung out with him. So, you know, it's uh, it, it. It was nice to get some quality time.
2: we're very lucky if
1: if nothing other than like we got to be on dinner break together yay
0: (laughs) while you're doing notes and he's trying to memorize lines (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) we all know stage managers don't really get dinner breaks they get a break to work on notes while everybody else is breaking
1: yes that's usually more often the case Mm -hmm. he's he's learned quickly what it it takes to be a stage manager he had no idea uh, when we met, what stage managers even did? So. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, yeah, I'd never done a professional show, so I, I didn't you know. I had done little things, community theater stuff, but that's different. That's a different level.
0: I just had that conversation with someone today, actually. Like, it's just amazing how many people even that I'm working with now who don't know what I am or what might, well, I guess it's confusing what my title is right now. Cause I'm doing like 20 things, but they just don't know what to call me. They don't know what I do. They don't know what I am. They don't know what a stage manager is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how many, but how, if you've done shows, what do you think that person does? But mm-hmm. I guess people they call out it. your lines when you don't get your lines, right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they have make you sure ever... you write in.
1: Cindy, have you ever heard the conductor analogy for stage managers? No. That's the one I use the most is like to explain it to especially non theater people. It's like you know how the, the conductor conducts the orchestra? When I'm mm-hmm. running the show or calling the show, that's what I'm doing. I'm conducting the show, if mm. you will. It's like the kind of crazy cool. analogy for the for the non theater folk, especially like when we give backstage tours and stuff to donors, that's how I explain my job. I'm like, how do I explain what I do during the show? Oh I'm conducting the show, essentially. Um, on the tech. Temp- yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to use that. I just usually say, you know, like, I I help make all the things happen.
1: Yeah, make make
0: things move, make things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually say... I make say, the singers go on stage, I make the lights change, I make the scenery change. Yeah, like, I usually I make say... make all of that happen. I'm in charge of everything you see on stage that is not an actor.
1: <laughs>
0: the lights, the sound, the set, the costumes, I pay attention to that part. Mm-hmm. And most people are like, oh... Yeah, yeah, that stuff needs to be paid yeah. attention to, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and still watch the actors all at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you mentioned earlier like having to change your schedule every couple months, and I know from talking to you what that means. But in in my world as an opera stage manager, like you know, shows run one to two weekends if you're lucky. But you guys, or at the Village, you guys run for weeks on end, right? How is how is that? How is it to like sustain a show for that long in opera? Like we barely figure out what the hell we're doing. And then we close.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a different beast for sure. Like I, you know, I've had some shows where I've done, you know, few weeks, you know, contracts, but Mm -hmm. these shows are, um, uh, yeah, I think we run for 14 weeks for the holiday show. Oh Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then the other shows are a little shorter, but the, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing and it's taught me a lot about how to maintain a show as a, as a stage manager, I've, you know, have found things that work, found things that don't um, with, you know, and it all of course depends on the actor and and your team and whoever else is around, but right, um, yeah, it's a whole different thing to on top of calling the show and doing your day-to-day work to also be giving notes and really work to maintain a show. Um, and it's definitely also a different thing with, your life because you have understudies on a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, you know, you have to kind of be doing rehearsals all the time and, and, and put-ins and, you know, understudy, you've understudy rehearsals and it's a whole nother animal on top of everything else that's going on.
2: For me coming from only having done some shows in school and like a couple of community theater runs, like maybe a month, um you know with not very many shows a week going to my first professional show being at village with 90 some odd performances
1: I think we did 92, 92 um, over
2: over those 13 14 weeks whatever it was and wow I remember we got to like the second or third to last week and I just kind of like started making mistakes that I hadn't made the entire run because I just, <laughs> my, my brain like wasn't used to having to do something like that for that long. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a really interesting learning experience going from to such a long contract compared to what I'd done previously. Um, but it was cool yeah, to, I've, to figure out that. And, you know, learn I've
0: that. never done a show that long.
1: <laughs> well, and we also do two cities. So we rehearse and open in one city and then the final or four or five, depending on the show, weeks, uh, of the run we move to a different city
0: so you got to re-tech everything or how does
1: that work yeah we have a couple days to you know the the crew is amazing they move everything in like two or three days um and set it all up up there you know there's they do a little prep at the venue ahead of time but they move the whole set the floor everything up and we you know re-tech for like a day and then open in the, the you know more like an actual you know more like a tour tour um, yeah and uh, and we we all still live at home, you know. We all we don't get housing or anything. It's just a it's another it's um, another town just north of Seattle, because um, uh, where Village is based is just uh, east of Seattle. But yeah, it's a it's a crazy process to do that whole run. Take a little, like a few days off for the actors anyway, a few days off, and then come back in a new city and do the show for another four or five weeks. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
0: how much does the show change in those, in that different venue or it, does it,
1: it shouldn't um, it shouldn't the, the sh- theaters are very similar space wise. Um, it changes more for us back, you know, for us backstage than, mm-hmm. you know, on the tech side than for anyone else, because the, the backstage area is different in both venues um, or for and the act for the actors, the dressing rooms are further away in the second venue, but yeah. it, other than that, it shouldn't on, on as far as the onstage is concerned, um, you have to open up a little bit because it's a wider space the audience is a little wider but it it's not it shouldn't be too much different for the actors for the on stage space is concerned so that's nice for the tech side it's a little different um, but we've got some t- we get some time to figure that out nice. yeah that's
0: that's, that's, just that's what, what I was trying to figure out because exactly. like, I did a children's show where we went All across country and like set up in all these different locations but because it was so mobile we kind of had to like set up and then tech a little bit and then perform all on the same day Mm -hmm. because sometimes you know like we're on an actual stage and sometimes we're in a gymnasium you know Mm -hmm. but it it changed all the time so and even when i've traveled a show taking it from one venue to the next you know you try to keep up the lighting cues but lighting instruments are just in a different place and so sometimes you you know have to change it up a bit but how is it to perform in two different venues for you, Mike? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, like Pam said, it's a little. When you re-tech it, we re-space a little bit because it's a little bit wider house, um, and the sound the sound is a bit different as well. So you have to mm-hmm. like beware that aware that you're not like, blowing your voice out trying to mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's you don't hear yourself as much as in in the first venue. Um, so, you know, you've been doing the show for eight weeks and you've got this muscle memory, but then you're not getting quite the same feedback in mm-hmm. terms of what you're hearing. So you have to make sure that you're not changing your performance too much to compensate for that. Um, mm-hmm. but it's really cool getting to move to a second location and getting all new audiences and the, this, the second location this we go to tends to be a little bit rowdier audiences, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's nice that we don't go the other way. to you know like a quieter audience but yeah it's cool
0: Mm -hmm. okay so I have a question about the rowdiness of the audience and uh, because as a TD I really don't pay attention to audience feedback because it doesn't really affect me but so many times I hear actors or stage managers make comments during the show after the show during notes or whatever that uh, this audience was alive and this audience uh, gave us back a lot of things and this audience was dead what i i know that's kind of hard to explain because i'm like hey explain a feeling but what how does that affect you or what kind of feet if you're in the moment playing a part how do you get that reaction how does it change for the night how does it affect you there's a lot of information or questions that don't really blend together
2: (laughs) yeah um I mean, when you're, I guess it'll depend a little bit on the type of show you do, but I mean, we do primarily musical theater and you're, you know, you're, there's built in, you know, applause after things and, and you notice when the applause is kind of tepid or, or, you know, you're getting hoots and hollers when you're holding for applause and like, you know, some of the times during Newsies when, when people would just go nuts and like we're up there, like just laughing on stage, trying to hold our pose because like, you know, you just can't help but react to that energy that you're getting from people so when you go from night to night especially on a show like newsies that has kind of a following like you can tell when you've got people in the audience who know the show and are super excited to be there and that just you, you can't help but have that affect you um so you need to work hard then some nights when it's like okay there, they're just nothing like you know you can't internalize that too much and and analyze your own performance like um you know you got to trust the show that you're doing um and in 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 issaquah where we start these particular shows we uh, when you've done a few shows there you get to realize that in general audiences there are loving the show whether or not they make much vocal response um mm-hmm. those I think are sometimes
0: the worst because yeah you look out and they're smiling and you're like, but you're not doing anything. Right. Make some
2: noise. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're
2: supposed to laugh at that. Did you not find that funny? No? You just,
1: okay. And I'm, afterwards you hear, oh my God, it was my favorite show I've ever seen. Right. Yeah, right. right. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like everyone, you're like, I know you guys are happy. You're like, why are you so dead right now? The
1: inner glow. Yeah. That's what they everyone call right. the, the, the inner glow audiences. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'm that's probably beaming. the. are beaming. You can't hear it, but they're beaming.
0: Yeah. I'm probably the worst audience member because I'm so used to being in tech and watching all the tech stuff that I may love a show. I don't show it. I don't scream. <laughs> I clap, but I do not scream or hoot and holler. Standing ovations are one thing, which I got to really work for a standing ovation. Not everyone gets it on every show. I don't need to applaud for like 15 curtain calls. Just, yeah. <laughs> but I'll be like, Deb, that was a really good show. But I'm sure during the whole show, I'm like, hmm. How'd they do that? Oh, that's interesting. I, oh, I like that I choice.
2: More, I've definitely become a more vocal audience member the longer I've, I've been an actor. Because <laughs> I,
1: I just, like, so true.
2: I know that even if not everybody on stage like, that wants that, I know there's actors on there who like, love, to, love to hear that uh, audience feedback. Like, um, so I've definitely just naturally kind of become a more audible audience member.
0: Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I probably became more of a non-audible because after you sit through tech for a week or two seeing the same show, like when I go see Opening Night, I'm not going to scream and yell. I've already seen this like a dozen times. And then it just becomes natural when I go see somebody else's show. I'm not going to scream and yell or anything because it's just a show. It's what I do. I sit here and watch these. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting. Kim, do you ever... uh, Do you feel a difference while calling the show? Does that affect you at all?
1: I mean, it doesn't affect my calling, but I, you know, of course, because that's, you know, as as it is, but I definitely can tell when it's affecting the actors. Like I, I can, I can feel that from them. You know, I can feel that they're not getting the energy that they expected from the audience that night, or I can feel that, you know, sometimes more often than not, I can, I can tell how the audience is reacting based on how the actors are doing. Um, even if I can't hear it. Um, sometimes I can hear it, you know, from the booth, like for New Zealand. I could hear <laughs> the, the screaming in the booth without, you know, any sort of ability to like hear it through my, you know, monitors or whatever. Um, but yeah, you could, uh, you can, some I can sometimes tell what's going on in the audience based on how the, how the cast is doing. You know, sometimes they just need a little boost and they're getting that boost and you see the energy bump up and it's really, you know, on stage and that's really fun to watch them kind of feed, feed off the audience energy like that when that happens. Um, but you can also tell some nights when I'm like, you're all dragging a little bit. Is the audience dragging? Oh, they are. Great. <laughs> like, you know, it's a big combo problem going on. Um, but, you know, you, I it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't affect the technical side of my calling, but I can see how it affects the actors. And that's that's sometimes hard because you're like, oh, guys, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Just muscle through. Yeah. Know, Last um, night they was great. Yeah. And, the, you know, it's hard because I'm like, you guys actually had a really great show tonight, regardless of how much the audience was laughing. I promise you, you had a good show, you know. Um, so yeah, I, can, I definitely am, am aware of what's, how that feels for them, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. I totally had a
0: question and then I lost it. Because I've heard Cindy talk about, yeah, the audience and stuff like that. But as a techie, I'm like, yeah, whatever. The crew's gonna pull that line set and push that thing the same. Like they don't really care. So I, I really don't. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I don't pay much attention to it.
1: (laughs) I mean, I do have to. We, you know, have to note it in our reports too—a little evaluation of what the audience reacted to and all that kind of stuff. So it's something that we do have to kind of keep an ear. Out for as as stage managers um to to make sure we have that information for for your report at the end of the night,
0: yeah, I have read a number of reports um east west players brendan, uh, I think his name is uh I would read his reports every night for like six weeks, and sometimes he'd be like they laughed the audience laughed a lot at this joke, and I'm like, okay. Thanks. Thanks for telling me. (laughs) But he always had it in there like the audience didn't laugh or the audience did laugh or what jokes they laughed at or where they got the biggest uh, applause or tears or something like that. He always reported it.
1: Yep. That's a part of the reports. Um, Got fun to write when you get a a, uh, either end of act one or middle of some song standing ovation. That happened on Dreamgirls when I called it. Um, In the
0: middle of a song?
1: No, yeah, uh, yeah, before the song even finished, you know, it it ends with with Effie's, you know, big powerhouse, you know, number and, mm-hmm. and she's hit her final note and some people just jumped to their feet. And it was <laughs> really cool to just go back there in intermission and be like, You got standing ovation before your song was even over at the end of Act One. <laughs> like Wow <laughs>
0: You know. I don't think uh, I've seen that.
1: That's excellent. It was pretty cool to experience that. Um happened a couple of times on that show wasn't the whole audience, but you know that definitely happened a couple of times on that show where we've got some people just ready to be- leap to their feet, which was really fun. Yeah, cool. What's to your audiences like that? <laughs> yeah, go
0: audience. <laughs> What's your favorite thing as a stage manager? like what makes you love stage management so much?
1: Oh that's a really hard questions indeed. I know people ask me and,
0: and for me it, it definitely changes depending on like what show I'm working on or the people I'm working with or mm-hmm. it could even be the company that I'm at you know will will drastically change my answer but
1: yeah I mean generally speaking it's just I love the uh, uh, the fact that stage management is kind of comprised of all things right you get to be you know, you get to be experienced being kind of part of the design team, not really, you don't. Know, you have input, but like you're there with them, you know, listening to those decisions, and you're part yeah. of the production team, you're, you know, have to be in line with the actors, because you have to, you know, work with them every day, and, you know, give them notes, and you have to kind of be on their page, uh, you know, all the time, and I think Uh, I think there's a real art to stage managing, Um, you know, to calling a show, to making cues land perfectly on the beat. Yeah. Sydney talks about that so often. Pieces of it. Yeah. Just helping to be the one to make all the pieces come together to give the audience those perfect theatrical moments is like kind of the number one, number one thing that makes it so much fun. And then also, you know, I really love working with people and I like, um, you know, helping actors, you know, grow a show with while still maintaining it. And I really enjoy, you know, helping the director's vision stay strong. And I just there's all those aspects to it that I really love making the designer helping make the designer's visions come to life on stage, you know, work making sure the set designer it's it's going, you know, what what they need and the lighting designer working with the team, like kind of being that person to facilitate all that is really invigorating and really fun. I feel like
0: Pam could just say exactly everything that I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. I mean, I
0: wonder, um, now I'm curious if, if that's why <laughs> all stage managers. Cindy's fault. I know, it's true. But, <laughs> I know, but that's why I'm like, so do all stage managers feel like this, or it's just mostly Pam and me and probably Caitlin and everyone else that I helped train? I don't
1: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> it's, the, it's the values you instilled in us, Cindy, from a young age. it's true though you know i saw your joy for it and that gave me joy for it i you know really honestly yeah that was that was a big part of it and and seeing it the way you see it and i don't know where you got that from if that's just you naturally or if you had someone
0: no i i mean yeah we didn't really have really there was there was one lady before me Mm -hmm. who did who managed apple tree um that's right and I literally worked with her for like three weeks and that was it. And then she, she never came back. And so I just kind of like learned as I went, but yeah. yeah. But I think you guys had really good teachers and professors who were so enthusiastic and excited about it.
1: Oh man, we sure did. I yeah.
0: mean, I, we, we still did. talk about Brad and, and Rand Inlow. Um, in fact, I've Rand worked with
1: taught- Rand's taught my stage management class. Which is which was awesome. I did see I don't know if he taught yours, Cindy, but Rand taught my stage right Yeah,
0: Yes. His, his I, yeah.
1: passion for the fact that you are part of everything was just really what really what hit it home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, he, he and both Kathy's and so. in the costume shop were just so excited about doing anything with costumes and yeah. just everyone at that at that school was so excited about doing things that it it just kinda of bled over. I mean, I've worked yeah. with Brad now years after you guys are at UOP and he's still amazing and i'm like oh yeah okay that's <laughs> it was it's a good program that as small yeah, as it they, was it was good
1: yeah they instilled in us such a such a passion for what we do and that's that's what i mean that's what's so important right that's <laughs> that's the thing that gets us through because it's not always the money it's not always the necessarily mm-hmm. the show sometimes you know so mm-hmm. yeah
0: no there's some bad shows we still there's do some them the bad same shows out
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh-huh. but uh we're but, not doing a bad show hey, hey, let me... no wasn't bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah i mean i think that yeah it's a huge part of it so
0: then mike yeah. going to you how what what do you why are you sticking with... I mean, I know you're kind of on a muggle job right now, but why did you stick to acting? Like, I, I never understood, because I'm a techie. Stand on stage, memorize lines, and have a million people stare at you. That sounds hideous. So, what... How did you fall in love with it? Why do you keep doing it? What is that draw for you?
2: It's just so much fun. Uh, <laughs> like, get Like, I've always like musical theater in particular is what I love. Um, but, but just in general, like, um, I don't know. I love just like you get to step into this whole other world and like you find, you bring, you bring yourself to the role, but like you get to do such crazy, fun, amazing things. Um, and, and like kind of find, find out different things about yourself almost through it too. Um, because you bring yourself to that character, but then obviously you're putting on things that are not, that are not you, but um, you kind of find new truths about the character from who you are and new truths about yourself from, from what you're portraying as this character. And it's, just, um, it's just really exciting to get to do, and then to get to switch it up and, and do something completely different the next time um, is, is just a, a ton of fun. Um, and singing has always been a, a huge part of my life, and um, I loved loved sharing that with people um, growing up, um, and so to, to get to continue to do that from from the stage, not just from you know choirs and uh, other things that I've been part of previously, um, was was just fantastic. Um, I just love it. What so what has been? Doing a, even though I'm doing muggle job right now, I'm never, <laughs> Some people are like all right, I'm, I'm leaving leaving theater. I'm not I'm not leaving theater. Uh It's just mm-hmm. kind of. Not doing, not doing big shows for a little
1: while. But he had seen, back to yeah. back readings. As soon as our Newsies was done and he'd taken this other job, he had two back to back readings. It's like, all right, well. Yeah, which was super so much cool. for a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. You try to get a break and then you had to end up actually working more than you would have with right. just yeah. theater jobs. because. Yeah. Yeah. So, what it, What has been. Uh, I know it's hard every time you ask an actor, like, what's your favorite role? And most of the time they're like, the current role. Like. <laughs> no not <laughs> what has been your your have you played your perfect role and are, yeah. why do you think that was perfect because you were the right state of mind the right age the right something
2: in terms of the role itself i don't know if i'd be able to decide between two i mean newsies was was amazing in terms of the role that i got to play um, um, which was Davey. Um And because I, I felt like it just fit me really perfectly. And, um, and it was just a blast to do. Um, I think maybe though my, my perfect role is, was, was Jesus in, in Godspell um, hmm. because I don't think I've ever done a show um, where all of my music that I'm singing just feels So natural Um, for whatever reason, the range of that, the music in that show and that role um, is something I could, I could just, I could do forever. Um, And, and there's so much in that show in terms of like the meat of that show that you, that you can dig into in the character. And um, but there's also so much play and fun. Like it kind of, for me, that's, that's kind of my, my perfect Role and show experience is is doing God's will.
1: I've gotten to do it twice. I've gotten to do it
2: <laughs> twice, and that show um, is very different every time because it's such a depends on the group of people and the. the
0: yeah, it's very much depending on the people. I mean, Jesus and uh, Judas and I guess John. Yeah. Kind of have set characters, but everybody else, like they have certain songs they sing, but they don't really have. A character right. described for them so it changes depending on who your cast is what the setting is what yeah. the, the costumes yeah, and props and everything if
2: I, if I had done that show with maybe not a great group of people it might not be my favorite uh, but <laughs> i have i both the of, both of the times i've done it I've just absolutely loved it.
0: well that's i say that about Bohem all the time and i actually said that at dinner tonight you know they were talking about the opera norma the bel canto opera norma and i saw a really not pleasant version Mm -hmm. of it and we only made it through act one and then we drank through act two in the lobby you know but these people i was at dinner with were like but norma's so wonderful and you know but it was the fact that like it was the the physical show itself that we had an issue with and so we couldn't get past that to to enjoy the show so i mean that makes such a huge difference which is why i'm such a big person on like visual what the audience visually sees because even if like audibly it was, sounded really good like nobody wanted to watch that so what do you mean and then that the, makes a huge difference. the experience backstage when Sydney and I were at UOP or sure. Sydney was at UOP and I was up there King Lear had some issues and <laughs> um we still don't like King Lear. We tried to see it in London with very talented people. Still couldn't sit through King Lear. So everyone's like, oh but King Lear's amazing. I was like, no, I could never see it again and be perfectly fine. It's okay. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> challenging. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're actually running close to time, which seems weird, but uh <laughs> our our last question Which is, I prepped Pam for. <laughs> we're She has some good place. ones. <laughs> Do you have do you have any twin stories, and I know Stacy wants you to talk about me, but any twin <laughs>
1: stories in general uh I mean uh, I just remember so Cindy and I worked together right at pacific uh and I was your a s m for a couple shows mm-hmm. um, I remember one of my favorite things was on when we did the Mikado mm-hmm. uh, Everyone kept leaving their scripts at the theater. It was just the worst. I'm like, how are you? We were like, how are you learning your lines if you are leaving your stupid scripts at, or your scores and whatever it was at the theater? And you started charging everyone a dollar every time <laughs> to <their> get <script, laughs> their script back. And I was like, that is genius. <laughs>
0: so, I forgot that I did that.
1: <laughs> and so when i uh, I worked with uh, some youth programs, that I charge the kids chocolate to get their scripts back. <laughs> i I would, <laughs> <Yeah>. I would i <laughs> would get mad, mad at you, you got to bring me some sort of penance for having to like make pick up your script after you and keep your script overnight <laughs> you know and the yeah. fact that i knew you weren't learning your lines last night
0: <laughs> yeah during when i was at the conservatory uh, in palos verdes we would charge the kids a dollar to get their costume pieces back if they didn't put them back downstairs in their dressing room away don't yeah. leave it on stage right don't throw it on the floor in the dressing room. And at the end of the night, I would walk through the whole building and just pick up a pile of clothing and give it to the producer and be like, how much money do we get for pizza tonight? Like, <laughs> they got to come find it now. Like, we specifically tell you at the start and the end of every rehearsal, put your clothes on the hangers back in your dressing room. And every night, there'd be a dozen random artifacts all over the stage.
1: Well, night. They- I always think of uh, of Cindy because it, you know, she was a part of me being a stage manager, but also she was a part of the, my one of my favorite shows I've ever done, which was sat when we did Assassins. Oh, specific.
0: still amazing! I still I
1: still, I still talk Enough. about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the production. There was a production here recently that I'm sure was delightful, but I would not go see it because I was like, nope, <laughs> our production was <laughs> our production was everything, and it was it was, yes, it was, it amazing. was amazing, and you know, it it. The cast was incredible. We had an amazing time yes. working on the show. Um, it was yeah. a really fun set. I learned a lot about both stage managing and about, you know, just tech theater in general. I had to learn about all the guns from all the different eras. And yes. I had to yeah. make them fire every night because I was in charge of loading the guns and all the gun safety stuff. You know, I dealt with that for the first time. Like there was just so much about that production that is so near and dear to my heart that has always is always a uh, important part of having Cindy in my life. And, and then I think <laughs> about you guys. Um, hey, I, I have listened have, to it. A... I have another twin story though. Uh, oh yes. Okay. That is not you guys. That's okay. Uh, we we accept
0: other twins in the
1: world. Yeah. There's a set of twins that I work with at Village a bunch. Uh, and uh, one of them has since gone off to tour. One's a, a wardrobe master, amazing dresser. Um, and her twin sister is, uh, was backstage with us for a while and is now a spot up, one of my regular spot ops at Village, um, and other places. And I, uh, just wanted to, yeah, share that. I've got them in my, I've got some twins in my life and they're amazing. Um, <laughs>
0: Nice. And they both do theater.
1: They both do theater. One costumes, one, um, you know, more, more scenic and light uh, and uh, lighting stuff. But yeah, they both do theater just like you guys do. And they're, they're awesome. Awesome.
0: Can you tell them apart?
1: I can tell them apart. I know some people can't, but I can. One of them was in one of my bridesmaids. So. <laughs>
0: well, okay. I'd yeah. hope at that point.
1: Hopefully I know yeah. who they are. Yeah. I can tell them apart, but uh, they, uh, they're they awesome. So,
0: And and Mike cool. was uh, nodding. Mike, you can tell them apart too?
1: Yeah. He can, yeah. Okay,
0: good. <laughs> the <laughs> wedding would have been a little awkward if you kept calling the bridesmaids wrong names.
1: Yeah, right? That's true. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm glad we finally got this to work. I I think we talked about it for months, and then I I got to see Pam and Mike when I was in Portland. Mm-hmm. They came down for a day. Just I, you guys were like just taking a a day off. I think. Baby free um, vacation. Yeah, baby Woo-hoo! free vacation. And so we, we took got a to dog free vacation up to to Portland to visit Cindy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was so an awesome important. trip. So mm-hmm. it was you know we we talked about it then. So it was so awesome to get you guys on. Thank you so no, much.
1: Thank you so Thank much you. for having us, you guys. This is a blast. We could probably talk for another like six hours. I you know it's true. <laughs> that's, that's always the thing. At
0: first we were like, okay, 30 minute podcast. And I think on podcast number two, we were like, okay, hour long podcast. Mm-hmm. And every week because everyone just wants to talk because it's, you know, because
1: we love, we love talking about what we do. Because it's yeah, so fun to do. talk about it with other people who do it. <laughs>
0: exactly. And other the people who are passionate about it. Like I would, yeah. I get so much inspiration from other people who are passionate about it. So it's, yeah, you, yeah. Cindy sweep? stayed awake through this whole podcast. That's that's really good. She was she was no, staying a little a bit times, before. But that's it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine, Tech week's <laughs> coming. She'll she'll be okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll stay in touch. And it won't be another like ten years till I see you again.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. Work yeah, together. Yeah. Right. I
0: mean, maybe. You know, Ooh, that would be fancy. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank
1: we'll talk you. to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstalktheater.podbean.com. And subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at twinstalktheater. Theatre. Total Music, Dance McCop, is provided by Kevin McLeod of IncomTech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.